911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined today by Mr. Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. In today's episode, I thought we could talk about bringing the crime back home. And what I mean by that is the process of extradition, which is something that for the past year or so, Clint, you've had a lot of experience with. So (laughs) I thought that it would be kind of fun for you to share a little bit of the extradition process. It, it's kind of a, a fun experience that we get to do, and, and it's something I've always kind of wanted to do throughout my whole career is kind of go out and retrieve these bad guys or girls and bring them back to face charges. It's something that most officers at a patrol level don't get to experience. So once I got promoted and went into the Bureau, I've had the opportunity to start going and do so. I've gone to Oklahoma. Was it Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Oklahoma. And now Las Vegas a few times. And, and I actually have one coming up pretty soon going to Las Vegas again. It's kind of tedious. A lot of the work that has to go up front just to get the paperwork organized just to go get this person. And I never realized how much work goes on the front end just to pick someone up, especially when they've already agreed to the extradition process. Like for going to out of state and flying with an inmate, that's a whole level of experience that I never even thought about, whether it's flying armed and getting all the paperwork together for that and then booking your flights booking your hotel room transportation and then letting the airlines know like kind of what you what you're going to be doing and they actually have the right to deny you to fly armed on their airplanes and it's up to the independent pilot's discretion in those opportunities so when we flew to Oklahoma the first time we went there we had a layover in Dallas and that took there's so many delays and it just took all day to get to Oklahoma City and and to pick up this person so we went there we flew there and kind of waited till the next day to pick up this individual and then flew him back to California and there's things that you never think of like having them in plain clothes having their waist restraints and everything kind of hidden because they don't want the general public necessarily to know what's going on with you taking this person back to your state so to back up for a second because you said once they have agree to the extradition does the criminal have to agree to the extradition so there's two different approaches on it the criminal has to either sign away their extradition hearing so there's a hearing in which a judge hears 
pretty much the defense on why they should or shouldn't be extradited to the state of origin. Or the individual could just waive that hearing and sign off saying, I'm willing, there, no one's coercing me to go back to that state. So most of the time, people are pretty cooperative in signing that. And they get a free trip back to where they came from. So when it comes to the the dynamics of the way that these crimes are committed and then the individual ends up in another state, is it is it pretty typical that that crime is committed in the state that you're going to pick them up in? No, the, the crime is committed in the state of where they came from. So... For instance, for the Oklahoma one, the guy committed a robbery in our city and the district attorney approved the extradition and the warrant that was issued for this individual, he was picked up on that warrant and then the district attorney approved the extradition and we went and picked him up. So the individual commits a crime and then incidentally they're they're caught somehow. In another state. Because they have an outstanding warrant from our state for that crime. So what were some of the concerns or maybe things you had to prepare for, especially for the very first time that you ever did an extradition? There was just so much new kind of surrounding that, that it was just learning that there's a big learning curve in how to handle it. And then getting that person because I mean we have to feed them we have to make sure they have water I mean the basic human necessities of course we're going to provide for them and that and I I went to the Salvation Army and bought the guy clothes I didn't know how big he was or anything so I bought him clothes and a jacket that he could tie around his waist and hide his handcuffs and just kind of gearing up for that so I spent like 10 bucks on a pair of pants and a shirt and then the the jacket to cover up his waist restraints and then I had to bring that with me to Oklahoma to change him into those clothes so when we got to the airport it was kind of concealed that he was there in custody with us and it's kind of funny because we had a layover in Dallas and our our time that we had to go from our first flight from Oklahoma to Dallas, then Dallas to California, we had like 30 minutes to make it to our plane. And we're trying to shuffle this guy from one side of the airport to the complete other side in waste restraints and trying to keep it concealed and everything like that. And it was just we were on the tram and, and his jacket started falling down and it was a packed tram and pretty much his jacket fell down and people were looking at him and speaking to one another and like you could tell how they became uncomfortable uncomfortable with, with that situation. and But we're to the point where we're so focused on trying to get mm-hmm. the guy to the plane, we're like, I don't even care. So when it that's one thing that I would have never even thought about because certainly I mean we travel a lot we fly a lot and I've never seen somebody in that in that predicament before but I can understand how having the just civilians on an airplane witnessing somebody like that being transported would make them uncomfortable is that one of the main reasons like 
If a civilian had complained to a, the pilot that they're too uncomfortable because of that, would that be one of the reasons why the pilot would tell you guys to leave? I'm not sure. I would think that might be a weighing in factor, but it's, it's funny, like thinking of this specific incident where we get onto the plane because typically we're the first ones off, first ones on, last ones off because they do it kind of hidden so we can talk to the captain or the the pilot beforehand and the pilot I told the pilot hey just so you know we're the armed passengers that um you were notified about he's all well just so you know I'm armed too I'm Mm. like that's what I like to hear and (laughs) and it was super like he would have been a pilot like okay well we can adjust that passenger's flight if they were uncomfortable on it so do you think a lot of individual and personal bias would play into something like that? I absolutely do because the pilot has a final say and and just like with any of us, if they have a their own stigma related to law enforcement or anything like that, they could say they could beat their chest like a gorilla and say, oh no, they're not coming on my plane. Yeah. And it makes me wonder now that all of these new racial equality reforms have taken place, especially With the airlines, I know, um, I think it was United that said that they're going to be hiring 40% black pilots because, you know, the color of the the level of the color of someone's skin makes such a big difference with fucking flying a plane. Right. But (laughs) it makes me wonder with um, with the way that the dynamics are changing with them wanting to recruit certain nationalities and things like that, if that would also come with different civil beliefs and different political beliefs and if that might make this kind of job or or situation difficult in the future. I I could definitely see that happening in the future, but I could also see it going the other way where the pilots are completely for us being on their flights too because it's an extra layer of security for them and most people don't look at it that at it that way but I could definitely see where they could be like well I'm more than welcome because now I don't have to worry about anything happening in the back of my plane yeah cool well very informative thank you so so much to everybody who is listening in we hope you've gotten some value and entertainment out of today's episode if you have do us a favor drop a review subscribe down below and as always know that I am sending you a long tight hug from my home to yours <laughs>